Matches sees Man City travel to Swansea and Northampton host Manchester United. On to rugby now, Springbok coach Alice Katsias included backs Vili LaRue and Pat Lambie in his 31-man squad for the final two rugby championship tests. Luit de Jaga and Julian Redinghase also return from injury. The rest of the 28-man touring squad that did duty on their recent way tour of New Zealand and Australia uh, shows just one change. Redinghase with Redinghase rather back in the squad. Uh, Lawrence Adrianza drops out. Junior Box have been drawing Paul C alongside France, Georgia and Argentina for the 2017 World Rugby Under-20 Championships, which will take place in Georgia. In other rugby news, Saracens and England wing Chris Ashton has been banned for 13 weeks. That after he was found guilty of biting Northampton's Alex Waller during an Aviva Premiership game. On to tennis, and according to International Tennis Federation President David Haggerty, there may be a major revamp on the cards for Davis and Fed Cup tennis. The tennis boss is suggesting a move to an NFL Super Bowl-type model by selecting fixed venue cities in advance for the showcase, with those host cities bidding to host the finals. Haggerty has more on some of the other proposed changes for 2018. I mean, we can look at things, for instance, in Davis Cup um, two out of three sets instead of three out of five, a bye to the uh, winning nation uh, in next year's competition. Should it be a two-day or a three-day event? We're going to be able to look at all those sorts of things as we go through this process with the nations, with the players, with all the stakeholders. And finally, on to cricket, Pakistan captain Mizbah ul Haq has received the ICC Test Championship mace in Lahore as his side tops the Test rankings for the very first time. Also coming up on tonight's show, we'll take a look ahead to next weekend's uh, Sani Dragon, a mountain bike race that's taking place in the southern Drakensberg. We'll also preview Friday night's Cape Town Derby. It's the first one between IX Cape Town and Cape Town City. And as mentioned, we'll also chat uh, some football with Mo Ali. But up next, we chat some. Uh, we chat from uh, with any else. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, I got a late invite, and I thought, what the hell? You know, I've been off for about a month, and uh, you know, it's one way of driving a nice Porsche. Just come here and, and play the tournament and uh, drive some nice cars. And uh, no, but I'm, I'm here to to play. I haven't played too much on the European tour, so I need to catch up on some events. And what's the reason for that? Across the course of the year. Well, you know, uh, I'm playing the Daniel. It's my next event on the European Tour, and uh, I really want to get ready for for when the the season starts in the US, which is in uh, about three three or four weeks. So I want to get some tournaments under my belt, play in Europe, which is uh, where I'm a lifelong time member, and uh, and see some of my mates and, and, and play some European golf. You know, I haven't played the European Open since. God knows when, 94 I think it was, so uh, it's nice to be back. It's nice to have the championship back as well, isn't it, after quite an absence? Exactly. I mean, the European Open was, uh, was a huge event. Uh, it was played at Walton Heath. I remember watching it uh, on television in, in, in England for many, many years. And I think the last time we played European Open was just held in England at, uh, at Sussex, uh, East Sussex National. So... Uh, Quite a few years it's taken for it to be back, and, and what an event, you know, to have a great sponsor like Porsche, and uh, getting it back on the calendar was, was huge. I take it it's nice for you to be back in Germany as well. It's been fruitful coming to this part of the world. Yeah, I mean, the last event I, I won was in Germany, obviously, you know, three years ago at the BMW event in, in Munich, and uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to get that kind of form back in my game and uh, see where we go, you know. It's, uh, 
been a while. Nobody here is able to play the course ahead of the Thursday morning. So your later arrival really doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter whether you've seen anything because everybody's in the same boat. You know what? We were almost on the aeroplane on, uh, when was it? On Monday in the, in the US. And we got, the, we got the information that the golf course was still underwater and no practice run, no pro-am. I thought, well, it's another day in Florida. It's about 95 degrees there, but uh, it was nice and dry and uh, took another day to get here. We're here now. I'm going to hit some golf balls. We just did a nice clinic with the guys and uh, get the loosener going and get going tomorrow. Everybody's in the same boat, I guess. And that's fine, is it, when you step on a first tee, not quite knowing what to expect? It's not ideal, <laughs> but Ricky, my, my man, was, uh, he's been here since Monday. He's had a couple of walks around and... Uh, I'm sure he'll uh, guide me around very well. <laughs> and after a month off, what's your level of expectation for the week? Well, obviously it can't be too high, but uh, you know, I just want to go out there and see where my game is. I've, I've played quite a bit of golf with friends and, and so on in, in Florida. Uh, so I just want to go out there and enjoy it and have a nice event and see where it goes. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, there's much at stake this evening. Uh, MTN 8 semi-final, the second leg. The first one was played last weekend with Bidvest Vitz advancing through to uh, the final matchup. But it's now between Mamelodi Sundowns and Chipper United to decide who will come up against Vitz uh, when they do clash horns in that final. But uh, it's an interesting one because coming into this clash, it's goalless on aggregate. So there is lots to play for tonight in these uh, away, uh, home and away uh, semi-finals. He's playoff matches if uh, you go into the second one a goal is, it almost favours the away team and that happens to be Chipper United tonight so let's uh, touch base now with Mo Ali Mo it, it should be a great match of football but uh, as much as Mamelodi Sundowns are on paper are the favourites I think Chipper will fancy their chances as you say on paper it's going to be very interesting to see whose names get written on that uh, paper of the Mamelodi Sundowns team sheet because you know Pista Mosimani has been kind of uh, vacillating between uh, playing a B team or playing a stronger side. Remember, they've got a huge game on Saturday, the second leg of the uh, CAF Champions League against Sesco. They failed 2-1 in that game. Uh, and then later on, uh, he seemed to change his mind again, saying that you know, they, there's no guarantee that they're going to win Saturday's game, so they might as well try and win this evening's game. And, and, and of course, that makes sense to me because there's 8 million rand at stake for the prize winners of the MTN8 and you only get to play 4 games, whereas in the Cash Champions League you get uh, the equivalent of a million dollars, which these days is about, uh, what, 14, uh, 14 million rand for playing about 16 games and just crossing the continent. So it makes sense to try and win the MTN8 first, and, and particularly Sundowns. Um, you know, haven't won this competition since 2005. Um, and, and as you say, on paper, they, they certainly do have a stronger side, irrespective of whether they play the, the A side or their B team. But uh, a nil-nil scoreline in a second leg uh, is a very, very dangerous scoreline because if uh, Chipper should score, um, you know, it would mean that Sundowns would need at least two goals to go through to the final against Budget. But and uh, Chipper United know that, and, and uh, I reckon that they would probably try and get uh, that early goal. And, and uh, really put the pressure on uh, Mamelodi Sundown. So, no more scoreline, certainly not good for the uh, home side in the second leg. Yeah, an early goal from the Chili Boys would certainly put the cat amongst the pigeons. You, you mentioned the, the hectic travel schedule. I mean, that's been probably one of the biggest talking points uh, in South African football of uh, Mamelodi Sundowns with them playing in the CAF Champions League. Uh, you look at what they've had to do, and yes, it's probably only a two-hour flight. I mean, Gavin Hunt was saying to me last night, they've had a hectic travel schedule. They had to fly to Cape Town, which is also a two-hour flight. So I'm not sure if we, we could put too much of, 
of that onto it. But uh, Sundowns have got a, a very big squad from a fatigue perspective. It shouldn't be too much of an issue, Mo. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, Gavin Hunt uh, is, is right when he says, uh, he's factually right when he says it's a two-hour flight down to Cape Town, but they had a 3-0 league into the second leg, so there's virtually a dead rubber, uh, you know, coming down to, to Cape Town City, whereas uh, for Mamalori Sundowns, they had a high-pressure game, semi-final away to Zesco, and uh, doing well in the end to, to come away with a 2-1 defeat, uh, giving them a chance. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just the pressure, Coke, and, and they had to play on a bumpy pitch. I watched that game on television. They had to play on a bumpy pitch. And, and just the, the relentless, because football is not only a game, and, and particularly top-flight football is not only a game of, you know, being physically strong. You've got to be mentally strong. You've got to concentrate for the 95 minutes, uh, you know, that it takes to complete a game. And, uh, you know, the, that eventually it starts taking a mental toll on players as well. Now you've got a semi-final against a team that's hungry to win in, in, in Chippewa United. They've got absolutely nothing to lose. Uh, remember when they beat Platinum Stars in, in the first time, it was the first time ever they won a cup game in, in South African football. Uh, so they've certainly got nothing to lose. And uh, it's, it's difficult for Mamelodi Sundowns. And you've got to feel for them. You know, if you look at Cesco United, they've been given a special dispensation by the Zambian FA not to play games in the week leading ahead to the uh, CAF Champions League commitment. And uh, you've got to feel for Mamelodi Sundowns. Uh, irrespective, uh, you know, they, they, they do certainly do have a strong squad, but you've got to, you, you've got to develop continuity among your players as well, uh, you know, so that the combinations start taking effect. And of course, the loss of Leonardo Castro through in the, in the injury is, is another blow to them. But having said that, uh, Chippewa United certainly uh, will, will feel the loss of Rulali Manzini, who went off injured in uh, the first leg game. Because he's, he's got three goals in, in the opening two games for, for Chippewa United. So they're going to feel that loss as well. But, uh, you know, I, I just think it's going to be difficult for Sundowns mentally because you've got to feel that, uh, you know, the players and the coaching staff will surely, surely have one eye on Saturday's game and particularly with the draw for the FIFA Club World Cup uh, taking place uh, very soon as well. And, and remember the winners of the CAF Champions League get to play in that Club World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Mo, you mentioned uh, the Chili Boys having nothing to lose. I mean, you're so right, because it wasn't that long ago, a season or two ago, they were fighting relegation and and, and battling to stay up, which they didn't. They went back down to the NFD, back into into top-flight football. Last season, they had a fantastic season, making it into the top eight, obviously, and and now they're challenging for a trophy, so uh, nobody's really expecting too much from them, I'm sure. I mean, the Chili Boys fans obviously will be loving the fact that they're in this position, but they've really thrived under Dan Malicella, haven't they? They certainly have, and uh, you, you mentioned that they've been battling relegation. Uh, you know, you also need to consider that they went through about 13 coaches in those two seasons exactly. which, uh, that they were battling. And uh, Dan Malasella certainly has brought some, some stability to the club. He, he, he took over in December, and uh, I, I remember chatting to him uh, a few weeks ago where, where he said that when he came in, it was as much a, a, a psychological job as it was a physical job because, you know, he, he, he came to a squad that were of players that were just happy to collect their salaries at the end of the month and he instilled in them that uh, pride, you know, the, in, in personal pride as, as players but also pride in the badge of the club. And you could see that uh, in, in the way Chippewa uh, United play now. He said that, you know, he wants his team to play in such a way that fans actually want to pay to come and watch them play. He wants these players to entertain the fans so that, you know, they, they, they want to see them again. They can't wait to see them in the next game. And I think he's He's really succeeded in that because they just they play with a smile on their face and they really do do play attractive football. Pizzo Masimani has gone on record at the start of the season saying that uh, you know they certainly are a dangerous side 
And uh, if, if there's one side that could do a Leicester City in South African football, it is Chipper United. And, uh, you know, despite the fact that they've lost key players in Kola Mlambo to Bidvest uh, Fitz and Kosnati Mutiani to, to Orlando Pirates, they certainly have done well. And, uh, you know, beating Platinum Stars away from home is no mean feat. And uh, holding Sundowns to a goalless draw in the first round also shows that they, they really have what it takes to, to, to play, uh, you know, against the big boys. And uh, I, I would expect Dan Malacello, incidentally, won quite a few honours with Mamalodi Sundowns as a player in the late 1990s. I, I would expect them, you know, as, as we mentioned earlier on, they, they certainly are a side with nothing to lose. And we, we'll see that in their play this evening, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, after that goalless draw, Coach Pizzomazumani said it's, it's one of the best games of football he's seen in a long, long time. Can we expect something similar, that sort of quality of, of football tonight, or is it going to be a bit more cagey, or, or like you say, Chip United come out guns blazing, get an early goal, and the pressure's on the Brazilians? I think, uh, you know, that that would be the logical route for, for, for Chipper United to take, knowing that uh, one goal would mean that uh, Mamalari Sundance would have to score twice. Uh, let's just hope that they don't score that goal early so that they, they, they aren't tempted to close up shop, which uh, would invite danger. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a high-pressure situation. It's, it's virtually a one-off game instead of, uh, you know, a game being played over two legs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I think... Uh, Chipper United, as we mentioned, they have absolutely nothing to lose. And uh, I understand they also had very successful talks with Atletico Madrid today, you know, with regard to establishing an academy in, in Port Elizabeth and, and uh, establishing cooperation with Atletico Madrid. So things certainly are looking up uh, for the uh, Chile boys. And, uh, you know, what, what better way to continue that upward curve than not only reaching the final of the MTN8, but doing so by eliminating a very, very strong Mamalodi Sundown side. It's going to be a fantastic game of football. Kickoff 7.30 this evening. Mawari, thank you so much for your time once again here on SAFM. Much appreciated. Enjoy the game. And uh, yeah, make sure you stay tuned to SAFM to find out exactly what goes down at uh, the Lucas Woody Best Stadium. Mo, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you very much indeed, Brett. Thanks for having me. I'm a vuvuzela blowing, blue of horse eating, table mountain climbing, the baller paying, briyani making, cricket playing, drum hitting, pantanga singing, beatboxing, street hopping, skateboarding, slap chip eating, quaisen speaking, data look feeling, Tosa speaking South African. Our heritage is not just our culture, it's also our journey. Live your heritage and learn about another culture. SABC, celebrating Heritage Month. Hashtag Live Your Heritage. The Cape Town Fringe Festival is back in partnership with SFM and the City of Cape Town. From the 22nd of September until the 8th of October, find the freshest international and local theater, music, and children's show at the Fringe. It's a 17-day art binge to get you off your couch. Find us at the Cape Town City Hall and at the venues across the city. Bring the kids, bring your friends, or just bring yourself. There are no rules and plenty of great deals. See the full program and book at capetownfringe.co.za SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. South Africa is a country known for its rich heritage. Let's keep it that way for generations to come. SAFM, treasuring our country's rich heritage.
SAFM onto some Sports football Map. now in the first ever Cape Town derby between Cape Town City and Ajax Cape Town will take place this Friday when the City Boys host the Urban Warriors at the Cape Town Stadium. With the club's intertwined history, City owner John Kamitis is the former boss of Ajax, while his estranged brother-in-law, Adri Estacio, is the CEO of Ajax. This derby has captured the imaginations of Cape Town football fraternity. Ajax coach Roger DeSar says that he hopes the derby can be the start of something special and perhaps attract more football fans to the games. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I think um, everybody's talking about it. and I think the press, uh, more than anybody else, um, and always has, has something special about it. I was, I was here in the past with Santos IX derbies, and it was always a special day. Um, the stadium got a little bit extra people, and people came out to watch. So hopefully we'll get a good crowd on, on Friday, and, and hopefully we'll produce a good match as well. And hopefully those people that watch it on Friday come back to watch many more matches. City coach Eric Tinkler says that's what's important is to come away with a positive result ahead of the derby. His team drew nil all with Orlando Pirates away from home last night, while Ajax were held to a one-all draw by Poliquanes City in Cape Town. Tinkler says they're hoping for a good result and hopes that the derby will be a special occasion that attracts a good crowd. Well, obviously it was important for us to come away with a, a positive result ahead of the derby. You know, I think that was extremely important because I think everybody knows what's happening that side. You know, us as uh, the technical staff and the players, we focus on the job at hand, which is to want to get a result in that derby. You know, and I've always enjoyed when you play, play derbies. Hopefully we can attract a massive crowd and an interest in in this game and make it a, a great occasion you know in terms of what we do out on the field the, the type and brand of football we play so I think it's a good thing that both teams come into this game after positive results even though possibly they might not have thought a draw against Polokwani um, if I'm not mistaken um, but you know, at least it's not a loss. So you go in with confidence into that into that game. Both Desar and Tinkler are no strangers to derbies, having both been former Orlando Pirates coaches. Tinkler says that the pressure in this derby is obviously quite different, as the Soweto derby with Kaiser Chiefs attracts huge audiences and both teams have huge fan bases. But he says the pressure is still there, especially considering the history between Kamitis and Estacio. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on this derby, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, obviously, it's, um, the viewership that you get from the Pirates Chiefs derby, it's not only local, it's international. It's a known derby across the continent and, and, and as far as wide as South America, everybody knows about the Soweto derby. So, there's a lot of pressure uh, on, on winning that, that derby. You know, because also the, the fan base is huge. The Pirates has a massive fan base. They expect and demand to win. You know, and you know, I think the, the derby is like the most sought after event of the year for all the Pirates fans. They can't wait for that date to, to come. So when you lose the derby, you know, obviously there's a lot of unhappy faces that you face uh, in that game. There will be unhappy faces if we had to lose against Ajax, but particularly my boss. And if we had to beat Ajax, you know, Ari on the other side would obviously also be a very upset person. 
but I, I don't think he would have that that type of responsibility of having lost the game that you feel when you're at a, a, a Chiefs or a Pirates. Meanwhile, with Roscoe Peterson sent off against Paul Aquani, DeSalle will have to make changes to his defence for the derby. DeSalle says that Peterson had been a standout player for them in the preseason and they will miss him, but he thought Eric Cepeta did a good job after coming on as a substitute. He says they also have Ghanaian Lawrence Lati in the mix. Um, yeah, he misses uh, bits in the derby. Um. Yeah, it does, have, it, does have, it does have an impact. He's been very good for us throughout the whole preseason, all the friendly games. He's been our outstanding player. Um, so we are going to miss him. And he's one that can play out the back. So when we want to play football, he's, he's ideal to have a revolver. Um, obviously, it will be slightly different now. You know, I thought Chepeta was very good when he came on. And uh, we've got Larty also waiting you know, to, to come in. So fortunately, this season, we do have a little bit of, a little bit of cover. For the second game in a row, Tabor Masadi had to go off injured with a hamstring injury and the former tax winger being replaced at half-time last night. Dessar says it's, uh, might, uh, that this time it's the opposite hamstring, but he still hopes he might be ready for Friday's game, but he will be assessed late. Um, well, not the same hamstring. It seems to go from one side to the other. A little bit of a complicated injury. Kind of recovering, let the medical team have a look at him again. And hopefully he comes out and he can still play on Friday. I think he's, he's one sort of um, attacking threat that we always have. And when he's missing, it's definitely a problem. You know, we don't have that, uh, that pace down, down the other wing. So he's the, the one guy that we have that, that seems to threaten every time. So hopefully he makes it. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And next weekend in the southern Drakensberg uh, sees uh, a mountain bike race take place that looks like it's going to be an absolute cracker. It's called the Fed Auto Sani Dragon. It's the, the second edition of it. Uh, last year was a slightly smaller event, a bit of a test event, but this year uh, going all out. And we joined by race organizer Spurg Flemington. Spurg, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap this evening. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Brad. Thanks for having us. Spurt, tell me a little bit about the race, how it, how it came about. I mean, it's a beautiful part of the country. We'll talk about what the, the riders can experience. But uh, what, what brought this about? How did it all start? Uh, well, Brad, we used to have just a little local club ride here, which used to go up the Sony Pass, um, which went on for a number of years. And we just thought there was a, you know, so much more potential for the events rather than just a little Sunday ride with you know, 30 or 40 riders. So last year we decided to take it to another level um, and turn it into a two-day event. And we linked it up with Thunderbird Agricultural Show as well. Um, and, yeah, it seemed to get a really positive reaction. And, yeah, we had, you know, a really, a really great response and, um, you know, just the opportunity to summit the Sony Pass in an event you know, is, is really unprecedented. So, you know, guys really bought into that idea. Speak, I'm having a quiet laugh to myself because I, I never ever in my life would I, would I have thought I would hear a gentle Sunday ride and summiting the Sani uh, in, in the same sentence, but you've managed to pull it off. Uh, it doesn't sound very <laughs> gentle to me. No, look, it gets a bit serious once you, once you get through the SA border post, but, um, you know, everybody's looking for new challenges. So the guys... Suspect a bit on the way up, but by the time they get down, they all seem to have had a really good time. And, you know, it's, it's a real sort of, you know, bucket list kind of thing for a number of people. So, yeah, we, we get a great response from the guys. So it, sound, it sounds like a, one, one of those sorts of races. As far as distances over the two days and, and, and vertical, uh, the, the climbing, what, what are we looking at? 
Yeah, first day we basically take the guys sort of all around the Underberg and Heimville districts and sort of showcase in the area on a lot of single track and jeep track and that sort of stuff. And they end up doing, you know, between 55 and 60 Ks. Um, and then obviously the big day is, is day two going up the pass. And there, um, you know, the, the round trip is, is 60 Ks, but we only time the guys to the top of the pass. The actual official timed, <clears throat> timed, um, portion of the event is to the top because we don't want the guys racing back down because obviously it faces, you know, it's, you know, there's safety issues in that regard. Um, the climb from, you know, on day two up to the top of the pass, the guys top out at the, at, you know, at the summit at just under 3,000 meters and, they start down at the Underberg sail yards at about 1,500 meters. So they're climbing 1,500 meters in sort of 25 to, you know, just over sort of 26 k's. And the climb from the SA border post up to the top is basically 1,000 vertical meters in the last 8 k's. So that's where it gets really serious, which is, wow. you know, <laughs> where the, the, eye, the eyeball popping stuff. Yeah. <laughs> As I say, saving the best for last. Gee, that sounds, that sounds quite, quite yeah. hectic. From a field perspective, what are you expecting? Uh, we're a little bit down on numbers this year because last year we, we had, we tied it in with the public holiday. Uh, unfortunately this year the public holiday is on the Saturday so we don't get the benefit of that. Um, so we're sitting sort of in, uh, just over 150, um, this year. Um, yeah, we're still open for a couple of late entries and yeah, hopefully we'll get a few more in the next, in the next few days. So Greg, what does it take to put on an event like this? I mean, we see these multi-day stage mountain bike races popping up all over the country. Almost every week there's a new one. Is it, I mean, logistically, is it quite tough to put one of these things together? Yeah, it is pretty challenging just to get the buy-in of, of landowners and, and communities and that sort of thing. And then obviously the, the real issue is, is sponsorship. You know, I mean, we're very fortunate to have, you know, Fed Auto on board. And, and to be frank, without the, the sponsorship behind these events, most of them just really aren't viable. So that, for us, is an absolute clincher to have Fed Auto involved. Um, you know, it allows us to, to sort of keep entry fees realistic and to provide, you know, as much value in the events as we can. Um, yeah, and then from a planning perspective and, and logistically, yeah, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and, and inevitably a mad panic in the last week or two. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's bread on the table in theory. <laughs> Is, is there a risk that we, we're almost putting on too many of these things? Uh, I, I know it is it's difficult to say you are a race organizer. You, you obviously don't believe so. Yeah. But do, do we run the risk of, of almost watering it down? Or is, is, is the sport big enough and is growth in the sport big enough to, to handle this many races? I, no, I think you're touching on a valid point there. I think there are proliferation of events out there. And um, there's definitely been a move away from a number of riders uh, looking for potentially less competitive events and more sort of social riding kind of events where your timing isn't as much of an issue and the guys can stop and smell the roses a bit and more of a sort of touring attitude rather than rather than a racing attitude and and that's very much like what we're trying to you know look into on, on the dragon because you know but one of the things we do there is you know by not having the guys race back down the pass because then they get an opportunity to really stop and take pictures and you know sort of treat it as more of, a, more of an adventure. And I think that is definitely happening in mountain biking. Um, the sort of, you know, start racing um, doesn't really appeal to everybody, and I think there has been a move away from that. Mm, yeah, Absolutely. As far as entries, you say there are a handful of late ones available. If you want to find out more, where can they where can they go to, to, to pick up one of those entries if they would like to race next weekend? Yeah. 
Yeah, they can go go onto the website, um, www.sanidragon.coza, and also those what we are doing with those late entries, which we, you know, very pleased to associate with, is we're donating um, money from uh, a portion of those late entries to the to the Letty Love Fund, um, which is part of that Pink Drive, uh, you know, cancer support um, efforts. So, you know, all any any of the late entries that do come in in the next few days. You know, part of that money will be going that way. So, you know, we're helping out a good cause there. So, hopefully, that <clears throat> that incentivizes some guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know a fair amount about uh, that foundation as well and what the Pink Drive do. So, uh, if you'd if yeah. you'd like to to get out and support and, and ride the Sunny Dragon, you can. Uh, just a, a quick one: is it uh, is it a pairing up race, or can you do it as a as a as a lone ranger, so to speak? No, you can do both. Absolutely, we, we've got both options available. Um, it's it's funny how these things change. Last year we offered both, and we had more pairs. This year we offered both, and we've got more solo riders. So we just we you know we're happy to take the guys any which way they can. Awesome stuff. Well, it sounds great. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm sure you are. Good luck for the the final sort of run in. Uh, I know, as you say, it's uh, this last little bit's always always quite hectic. But uh, yeah, best of luck, and and I hope the weather plays along. I hope it's a, a fantastic weekend, and it sounds like it's a, a great event. Uh, Spoke Flemington. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much, Brad. Really appreciate the support. Thank you. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's it for the show tonight. Thank you very much to my team in Joburg's studio as well as Lutanda. Thank you very much. Uh, much appreciated. Coming up next, it is the talk shop with my lady Malaya. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. More sport for you tomorrow with Janet Witten on AM Live. Have yourself a great evening. Right now, it's 7 o'clock and time for your news.